Good morning, everyone. Um, what is a time when you received really good news? And if you feel like sharing, put your name in the chat or you can just wave your arms, grab my attention. John? Yeah, when I uh, uh, learned that I was finally approved for Section 8 housing after th- after a year of searching for it, after Storyline had prayed for me really hard for a year, I mean, sweet Jesus, I moved out of the homeless shelter here and Uncle Sam is paying about the vast majority of my rent. So it's better to have your own little place than be in, in a in a dorm with a hundred men and a shared shower and uh, yucky meals. Really good news. Very exciting. Oh, oh, okay, people behind me. <laughs> Bonnie, I'll say uh, a few weeks ago when I found out I was going to be an aunt for the second time. Very good. We have a hilarious video of how shocked I was. I was in complete disbelief. I mean, I was speechless, but very good news. Well, wouldn't it be like your little sister to steal your thunder? Because (laughs) that's what I was going to (laughs) say. So, yeah. We're having a baby, and that's exciting. (laughs) (laughs) Good news all around. Anyone else have something they want to share real fast? A time where they received really good news. Marquila? That was going to be me, is when I found out I was pregnant with Elsa. I had had probably like four to six months of different times where I would feel sick. And every time I would say, Donkey, you think I'm pregnant? And he's like, no. <laughs> and so the last time that I was sick, I didn't even bother to go buy a pregnancy test. I had a whole bunch of pregnancy tests that I bought. You know, those things are expensive. Bought, yep. throw away, no baby. And so then the time that I decided not to go buy it, he looks at me, he said, I think you're pregnant. And I was like, no, I'm just sick. That was the time, of course, that I was pregnant and I was overjoyed. Overjoyed. Yeah. I can remember um, two things. Back when I'm Miles and I were very first married, we married really young um, and we found out I needed to have a biopsy done because there was an area of concern. So of course I was really nervous, nervous about the procedure, went ahead, had it done, um, came back negative, And I remember feeling like relief, like everything's okay. Everything's fine in my body. But after that, we received the bill. Um, and I was working an hourly wage job. Miles was going to school full time and working part time. We were paying through the nose for really horrible insurance. <laughs> um, and it, you know, it, the bill was too much. I remember looking at it and it, I was like, well, I can't afford to pay this. Like I, I don't have enough money to pay this. And I remember calling the, uh, the hospital and talking to them and trying to work out a payment plan and just feeling stressed. And then, uh, my boss decided to pay me extra. Um, she said, you're a hard worker. You've been doing a really good job. I just want to recognize that and give you an extra bonus. And I, I remember the relief I felt first from knowing the test was negative, but perhaps even bigger was this very tangible gift 
in the form of money in this case, which I knew would allow us to pay the bill. And it was good news. Um, in the story that John read from Acts, we see Philip coming and he meets an Ethiopian eunuch who is reading Isaiah and he's not sure exactly what he's reading. Philip helps him understand it. And the thing that amazes me about this story is that the gospel, the good news is so revolutionary, so powerful that, you know, the Ethiopian eunuch immediately declares, what can stand in the way of me being baptized? It changes his life. For me, when I was growing up, this is what I, how I learned what the gospel was. I learned that the gospel was Jesus came to earth. He was born. He died on the cross to save us from our sins and he rose again. And the good news is if I believe in him and am baptized someday in the future, when I die, I will be saved from the torment of hell and I will get to go to heaven, which is like a really big, long church service, which seemed boring to me. But I guess at some point that would be really amazing. And that was supposed to be the good news. And, you know, as I grew, that just, it really didn't change my life all that much. I didn't feel like it was very transformative to me. And I just it didn't really seem all that great, honestly. It just, it didn't have that same life-changing experience that we see the Ethiopian eunuch have. But, you know, the gospel of Jesus, the good news is supposed to tangibly affect our lives the same way that that gift from my boss tangibly affected my life. Jesus himself even says, the spirit of the Lord, the eternal one, is on me. Why? Because the eternal designated me to be his representative to the poor, to preach the good news to them. He sent me to tell those who are held captive that they can now be set free and to tell the blind that they can now see. He sent me to liberate those held down by oppression. In short, the spirit is upon me to proclaim that the time is now. This is the jubilee season of the eternal one's grace. Like the gospel tangibly affects people. Jesus is saying, I'm here to set those who are in prison free. I am here to give sight to the blind. I am here to give them good news that actually affects you right here and now. In his book, How to Be an Anti-Racist, Ibram Kendi quotes Tom Skinner, who says, Any gospel that does not speak to the issue of enslavement and injustice and inequality, any gospel that does not want to go where people are hungry and poverty-stricken and set them free in the name of Jesus Christ is not the gospel. Oftentimes I think we as the church, we try to control what the gospel is. 
We try to make the gospel only apply in certain situations, only for certain people. Um, but, you know, we, we don't have control over the good news. Um, going back to our story in Acts, you know, Philip is going to the Ethiopian eunuch who is very different from him. He is entering in to the story of someone who is not the same as he is. In his exegesis of Acts, Willie James Jennings writes, Christians have often failed to see the, to see difference as an invitation to change, transform, and expand our own identities into the ways of life of other peoples. We, Christians, have more often than not sought to eradicate the differences we perceive in those new and strange to us through soul-killing and life-draining forms of assimilation. We don't have control over the good news, and often when we try to control it, it no longer becomes good news. Philip, when he comes to the Ethiopian eunuch, he's there. He helps contextualize or helps him understand what he is reading, but he's not forcing a a certain view or understanding of the good news. He's not telling him that the good news is this one way or that he can receive the good news under these certain conditions or only these people are allowed to receive the good news. He doesn't control it in any way. Philip is simply witnessing the Ethiopian eunuch receive it. In fact, we see shortly after that exchange, Philip is taken away. And the Ethiopian eunuch is left, but he's not alone. Willie James Jennings writes that he is free. He is left free in his joy. He doesn't need somebody there to then continue on trying to manipulate this message. He receives it, Philip witnesses it, and then he is free in that joy. Jennings goes on to say that this this freedom he talks about, he says, the church has often been too impatient and sometimes downright fearful of that freedom, choosing instead to quickly impose an image of the true, the good, and the beautiful example on those who have been made free by the Spirit. We don't control the good news, but we do get to witness it. We get to witness it in our own lives and then the lives of those around them, us. And I think recognizing and then naming the good news is really powerful. So I said the good news is tangible. And sometimes I think it's easy to miss. At least I know for me, since I have this background of it sort of being this big ethereal thing that's way out there, I think it can be easy to miss it in my everyday life. But for me, I think the first time I really heard the gospel, I'll say preached to me, was with my therapist in counseling sessions. Through counseling, I learned that I can love myself exactly as I am. And that to me was good news. You know, in our in our kids' class, we're also in Acts in the kids' classes. And um, we've talked, like last week, we talked about being radical. And this week, we talked about how Jesus radically transforms us. But we thought about this word radical, like 
What does that mean? And sometimes we hear radical and we think it could be mean like something really intense, like climbing Mount Everest or doing some sort of crazy stunt. Like that seems radical. But we talked about how radical is also being kind to someone we disagree with. Radical is asking for help when we need it. Radical is seeing someone who's lonely and being a friend. That's being radical, but that is also the good news. When you're lonely and someone is a friend to you, that's the good news. That's Jesus showing up. When you need help and are brave enough to ask for it, that's good news. That's Jesus showing up in your life. So I want to ask you guys and turn it back to you guys. In what ways have you seen the good news in your own life or in the lives of others? Feel free to put your name in the chat or just wave around and I'll call on you or Charles on up. <laughs> that was a lot of Charles. <laughs> Charles, would you like to go? <laughs> um, yes, I would like to go. I, I charles up. So go. Um, I, I really love this text. Uh, a month ago in our neighborhood seminary, uh, Colin, who's one of our, uh, group members was observing in this text how, um, you know, the eunuch is a special category in, in Israel and it like represents the sexual other on, in, in some senses. Uh, and, uh, was very much on the margins, ostracized. And so, uh, part of, part of the, the good news here, I, I wonder, and, and why the eunuch is so excited is because of the radical inclusion and belonging that he gets to experience. Uh, he is, he is welcome to be a part of something that he was not welcome to be a part of, uh, at that level, um, before, like he was full, he was invited to be a full fledged part. And I love the Jennings quote that you quoted about how that doesn't require assimilation of difference. Like it doesn't erase the difference. You don't have to become someone else to belong and be part like that is. And I think about my own experiences, both, I don't know, hospitality. I just dig it. Like that is gospel to me, the way that Jesus creates space um, for people to belong and thinking about people who have welcomed me in unexpected ways to belong um, when I was afraid and felt like I was an imposter and, and on the flip side, being able to, to be with Jesus and to show hospitality to others uh, and, and to show welcome, welcome people into my home and into my life who might be very different and get to kind of participate in that radical inclusion. I, I just, I totally dig that part of the good news. Yes, I agree. I was trying to find and I can't find it, but I saw on Instagram, Dante Stewart, he had a tweet talking about how maybe sometimes why we fail to see the good news is because the message the church is Sharing is not one of inclusiveness, of love, and 
he he says it so much better than I could say it. But yes, I agree with you. Thanks for sharing, Charles. Anybody else want to share what the good news looks like in your life or in the life of someone, you know? Miles. So, you know, I'll share something recently, um, probably just over the past year that is really um, something I've, learned and grown in and reflected on is I think probably some of my personality and the way I, the space where I dwell is tends to be very um, achievement oriented, very Enneagram three, if you will. Um, and I think that's a message I absorbed um, even, you know, in the church growing up and things like that, like you are good because of the things you do, you, God loves you because of the doctrines you follow, you know? And so if you, uh, you measure up to your checklist, um, you know, and, and the things that you achieve prove your worthiness. And even if I've never distilled it down, you know, so directly to say that, that's definitely the message I carried with me for a long time. Um, and so something through our EHS class and through our just other readings I've done, I've really been meditating on this idea that God, that this idea of God loving us absolutely is the the deepest and truest good news of the gospel. And it's, it's in spite of what you achieve or you don't achieve. It's in spite of what you do. And it's this tension and this mystery and this, you know, non-dualistic way of seeing this, that like there is love from God and then there's us in the world and, and we can't earn that. And, and it's, it's, for me, that was a very freeing and good news experience because it gave me this confidence of like, even if I have a bad day or, or even if I'm not, you know, playing my part for the team or whatever, like God's still my like parent on the sidelines, like, good job. You're doing it. I love you. I believe in you. And, and you can't lose that. Like no matter what you've got it. And, and that message of the gospel has just been such good news to me, especially over the past year. Thanks, Miles. Daryl? Yeah, for me, there's a couple of things that just hit to me on, on experiencing the gospel. Number one, this community itself, uh, to personally is an experience of the gospel, uh, of acceptance and love and, uh, just the way that the interaction goes, whether we're face to face, whether we're zooming, whether we're just living in community together, uh, there's, there's this good news, um, feel this good newsing uh feel of this community. And I guess where it really came home to me years ago here um was when we were um having a more face to face relationship with uh I believe the Afghani community uh in Dallas and the particular incident that just stays in my mind to this day was the birthday party. And if you recall the birthday party, I mean, it was a couple of the kids in the, in the uh, Afghani community 
and it was at the, the sports center and they served us this nasty, you know, store-bought, you know, cake and, and ice cream. I mean, it was, t- it was typical American fare, you know? Uh, and, and so we're all eating this and, and it just, I, I'm, I'm there. The adults are, are sitting down with us, visiting with us. They're, they're mingling with us and talking. We're having a great time. And then it just dawns on me. They're not eating. The kids are eating, but they're not eating. And then, then the slow realization came to me. It's Ramadan. It's Ramadan. They are serving us and loving on us and they cannot participate in the food aspect of it until sundown and coming here. You have this Muslim group that is actually acting more like good news than a lot of Christians I know. And uh, just that whole communal experience and that, you know, interaction with each other was an experience of good news to me. Thanks, Daryl. John? Yeah. Um, the blessing, the many, I'm just trying to remember, begin to remember all the blessings of the gifts of, of the people's community. Uh, uh, one was uh, my driver's license expired. I went to Green York, you know, okay, you got to go in there, you got silly thing. Get in there in the eye exam and I can't pass it. I, and, and I didn't have any health insurance. My money was really tight. And and went to went, went to Tommy and, and 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 no charge got glasses and they threw in with the, with the glasses like so I could pass exam so I get my driver's license for gosh sakes and they threw in these readers which I've been using ever since years and years and years these readers have kept me and then they threw in the little wipey wipes I keep right here handy so you know I, I saw Daryl and 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 they gave me rides to from Ennis there so many times as wife why am I forgetting her name anyway. Um, and, and, and all the rides <laughs> between the train station to go to all the gatherings, all the rides and, and all the wish list items. I mean, y'all been so generous and so kind and so loving to me. And it's like, uh, I have, uh, sinus troubles I have all my life. And, uh, one time I was just choking on my, on my mucus at night. And one thing that's put on my wish list was a, a bed wedge. So there's this little kind of a pillow looking thing, like, like, like a, a slope. And I've had that for years and I have much, much, much less trouble at night because that one gift from, from a wonderful person in this community. And I'm just, wow, y'all are just terrific and amazing and wonderful. Thanks, John. Thanks for sharing. Terry, Terry. That's it. <laughs> I was going to say, John, if you don't remember my name, I'm not bringing you any soup anymore. <laughs> remember, Terry, we don't control the good news. <laughs> Anyone else? Last call. <laughs> 